Witness history at Roland Garros, where old rivalries meet new talent on the clay battleground. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled access as the world's top players in tennis face off to see if the veterans maintain their dominance or if a fresh face rises to challenge them. Daily live coverage of the French Open begins Monday, May 20th. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. I don't really have a lot of negative self-talk. Um, I'm on pretty good terms with myself. Um, but even still, there are those those moments that it's just like, oh, no, you can't do that. It's like, well. And it was even, you know, when it came to buying the Lang & Simmons business. This is Property Investory, where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset and strategies. I'm Tyrone Shum and in this episode, we continue our discussion with Leanne Pilkington, who is currently the only female managing director in real estate franchising and president of the Real Estate Institute of New South Wales. Learn how she's actively inspiring other women to follow in her footsteps and achieve their goals. Like we all have at some point, Pilkington has had her struggles. She shares one of her worst times across business and how it affected her personal life. Probably the most difficult time personally was when, was when my husband became redundant um, and he was out of work for quite some time. And so we had, um, we had a couple of properties at that time. So I was um, in the very privileged position that we had an apartment in the city. Um, and we had the house um, here at Glenhaven and my husband travelled a lot for his job. So when he was away, I would go and stay in town. And um, so, yeah, very, you know, it's an expensive way to live, right? Two, two separate residences. But, um, but yeah, it got, um, it got really hard for him to, you know, it was at a time when, you know, GFC and yeah. So anyway, it was, it was really hard and, and trying, to, um, trying to look forward um, to things was really hard because we didn't have any money. I could I could just cover our expenses and stuff, but there was no money for luxuries. And so my husband, God love him, would um, he would make my breakfast, lunch, and dinner every day. So I would have a packed breakfast to take to work and a packed lunch to take. You know, all of that sort of stuff. He was wonderful, um, but it was really hard, um, and it was really hard to find things to look forward to. Um, but what was super important to me, to reflecting back on it. Um, I had had a really beautiful lifestyle, as I said, living between two properties, driving a sports car, wearing designer label clothes, traveling, you know, business class around the world. Um, you know, Rob would, would um, be in, in um, Hong Kong and say, hey, baby, I can't get home. Um, I've got your ticket, though. You're leaving tomorrow. You'll be in Hong Kong for four days. And I would get to the airport and be a first class ticket, you know, care of frequent flyer points, of course. Um, and so we had a really incredible lifestyle. And I thought that all of that was really important. But what I learned during that time was that's actually not the important stuff. I can live without all of that stuff. I can even live without my shoes if I have to. Um, what was important to me was us, was our relationship and that, that we were okay and he was okay going through this difficult time. And so I'm as much 
just I would be in a very different place financially now um, if that didn't happen. I'm glad it did uh, because it really shone the light on what was important to me and that has shaped the way I've done things moving forward, to be honest. What a beautiful story. Wow. I don't tell that story very often. No, I really appreciate that because it, it, it goes to show, you know, there, there's so many great things in life and you can have a wonderful lifestyle. But at the end of the day, it's that relationship with whether it be your husband and your wife or your family and so forth, because that's something that you can never have. Yeah, that's right. You can uh, you can be the richest person in the world, but if you don't have those, um, yeah, if you don't have those things, those people, those relationships, and it was really, I was doing a training session not long ago with my team and, and the speaker said, I want you to write down the, the quick, really quickly, write down the things that make you happy. And I thought, oh, okay, that's a challenge. And the things that I wrote down really surprised me even. I mean, because I do, I do love to shop. Um, but those weren't the things that, you know, I wrote down sunshine. Sunshine makes me happy. Dancing makes me happy. But having time to read a book makes me happy. And I thought, Oh, okay. I've actually got to try and work some of those things into um, into my day more frequently. You know, there's no reason. Um, I've got a beautiful back deck here. There's no reason why I can't, when I'm making my phone calls, sit out on the back deck and do it rather than sitting here. I mean, it, it, so just quickly thinking about the things that bring a smile to your face every day, the simple things. Um, you know, it might be like my, I've got a seven-year-old niece who is just completely adorable. Talking to her always makes me laugh. Um, so, you know, making time for those things, it's really super important. Pilkington shares the moments where she doubted herself despite others' belief and faith in her and how these turn into her aha moments. Every time I get approached to do something, I go... I can't do that. Why would you want me? So when I was promoted to managing director, they they um, they said to me, Leanne, we think it's time that Lang and Simmons had a managing director. And I thought to myself, I cannot believe after all this time they are going to bring somebody in over the top of me. How rude is that? And they're like, um, no, Leanne, we're talking about you. I'm like, oh, okay, right, good. Okay then. Um, when I was approached, because I was actually tapped on the shoulder, I was on the board of the REI um, because I've been really passionate about improving the education and training standards for real estate agents. Um, and um, they tapped me on the sh- shoulder and said, uh, we'd like you to consider being um, um, our next president. And I'm like, you for real? Like, I can't do that. Why can I do that? And I thought to myself, oh, Leanne, get over yourself. Of course, like, of course you can do it. Um, so, and even... I still have those things that happened to me. My networking group, Real Women in Real Estate, we, we were pre-COVID, we were running events around the country and I started that group back in 2015 with a, a friend of mine, Tanja Lee, who's based in Melbourne. And Tanj um, was coming to all of the events and she's a fantastic speaker and trainer and um, and she would run, like she would be the host, if you like, and she would run all of the, 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 the stuff that we would do on the nights. And she just said to me, hey, Lee, this is getting too big. I can't, I can't travel like this anymore. And I thought, well, I can't do it without Tang. Hold on. I'm seeing a theme here. Um, I always immediately think, no, I can't. And, of course, I can and do. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's a real lesson. Don't all that, that, that talk. And I'm not one, I don't really have a lot of negative self-talk. Um, I'm on pretty good terms with myself. Um, but even still, there are those, those moments that it's just like, oh no, you can't do that. It's like, well, 
And it was even, you know, when it came to buying the Lang and Simmons business, it's, I was really scared of making that financial commitment, having that financial risk at this point in my life, um, thinking I can't bring the brand what it needs. And it's like, get over yourself, Leanne. Of course you can. You know exactly what the brand needs. Just have the guts to have a crack. So that's what I'm doing. I love that. It's so encouraging to hear that because I think a lot of people have these sometimes negative thoughts in there and, and you, you've thrown you know, a true example of how to be able to overcome these things and you've just taken action too as well and that's what I love about hearing your stories and it's just a great inspiration for so many listeners out there and, and thank you for sharing that as well. Oh, thank you. That's very sweet of you. But yeah, it's, um, it's, yeah you've just got to be prepared to be uncomfortable you know, just take a bit of a risk and, and you know, I don't care. You know, like I said, I'm 58. Um, I've got lots of friends who are sort of having conversations around retirement and it's like, well, I've just bought a business. So I, retirement's just not even on my radar. I've got a plan for a decade. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm going to because um, we've got a... Um, We've got a really high caliber board um, at Lang and Simmons that I've put together, and my, um, you know, my ten-year plan is to be is to transition to become chairman of the board or chairperson of the board um, at that time. So hopefully, I'm going to learn a lot from our current um, chairman, and um, and yeah, and that will be my career progression <laughs> at that age. <laughs> so yeah, that's my plan. She goes on to describe how she came across the opportunity and gives more detail on the background behind her exciting purchase. It's only just happened, right? We haven't even settled yet. Um, but we um, we were bought by, um, back in uh, 2012, we were bought by um, a brand, oh, a business, and um, and it started great. It was really good. They added so much value and so much energy and, and stuff to, um, to Lang & Simmons, and it was going really well because there was a lot of things that, you know, real estate has changed significantly in the last few years and franchising needs to change with it. And so I was very clear on what I thought we should be delivering and, you know, they were on the same page and and we were all working very happily along. And then a few things changed for their business which changed their focus, uh, which is perfectly fine. I completely understand. Um, And one of the things that I do with my team every year is we, we write a letter to ourselves um, in December of every year to be read at the December of the following year as if we so we write it as if we've achieved all of these things. So it's like a business plan by another name, right? Um, and 2019, I struggled with it and I, I, I wasn't looking forward to 2020. Little did I know what was going to happen in 2020, right? Um, but I just didn't feel that I could deliver on what I knew the brand needed because um, the, the owners didn't agree with me. Um, and so 2019, um, I, in my letter to myself, I said, it's December 2020 and Lang and Simmons have new owners. So that was not my plan to be one of the owners. It was couldn't be further from what I was thinking about doing. But we had some conversations with some people who, who had showed some interest in buying the brand. And I realised that um, it probably wasn't going to go well for some of the franchisees. They weren't going to be happy with another big brand buying us. And so I had a couple of franchisees who heard on the grapevine that it, it potentially could be sold. Um, and so they said, you know what, we'd actually like to buy it, but we'll only do it if you buy it with us. And I'm like, 
want to. I don't want to do that. I'm tired. Like, you know, um, and, um, and then the more I thought about it, the more I thought, you know what, actually this can make some sense. And, you know, one of the struggles with being a franchisor is getting the individual business owners on board to actually implement the stuff that head office wants to do. There's always this, you know, this, this tension, if you like. Yeah. Um, and so I thought, well, if I can get a big enough cohort that actually owns the business, then I can use them to demonstrate um, that my ideas are sound and then we can roll it out more easily um, to the to the rest of the group. And so very quickly, I realised that a lot of the franchisees wanted to get involved. So we had to actually limit the... Um, um, we've got a few small shareholders, but there's a group of us that have got 10%. There's 15 of us all, all up. Um, and, um, yeah, that's um, we've held 10% aside um, strategically to have available for um, maybe a, another franchisee to come in or um, a corporate team member. I don't know. We'll see. Um, but yeah, that was so. That was how it came about. It was just sort of me. I rang. Um, I rang the CEO and said, "You know what? Um, I actually think that it's time for you guys to think about selling us." And he said, "Okay, I'll talk to the board." Um, but I get it. Um, and that's what happened. And it sort of all happened pretty quickly. Um, after that, I know I've been in a bit of a whirlwind. I have to be honest. Yeah. Subconsciously, you wrote it down, but not knowing how it'd be done, but it ended up happening. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? <laughs> bizarre. I know it's really bizarre how, and I'm not really, you know, I'm not into that all that woohoo stuff, but it, it happens. You put it out into the universe, um, and yeah, that'll serve me right. Lang and Simmons underwent a rebranding and changed their logo in recent years. Pilkington expands on the thought process behind that. I've rebranded twice in my 25 years at Lang & Simmons. So the first time was back in the year 2000, the same year I was promoted to general manager. And the second time was in 2012 when our new owners came on board. And it was really interesting. It was an interesting process the second time um, because the new owners um, actually said, look, we want to be collaborative with the um, franchise network and we want to know what they want. And so... It was really interesting. And the way that we did it, we had a big um, uh, focus group in the city and we talked it all through and then we got everybody to write down the things that they wanted to definitely keep and the things that they didn't want us to have um, or they wanted us to change. And they wrote down each thing on a post-it note because what we were finding in some of these meetings is the loudest people get heard. But that's not always the majority view. Um, and so one of the things was yellow signboards. We had a, a whole lot of people who appeared to want to have um, blue signboards. Um, and it sounded like that was the majority. But once we actually went through that process and everybody stuck there, like keep the yellow signboards. And so all of a sudden we had all these post-it notes down the wall with keep the yellow, keep the yellow, keep the yellow. And the loudest people who wanted the blue just looked at that and looked at me and said, oh, wow, we didn't realise everybody felt that way. So I thought, wow, that's a really good tool to use when in, in, those, kind of, in those kind of meetings. Um, and so, yeah, that is a big expensive exercise to rebrand. Um, and then, you know, we paid for all of the offices to be, um, to be redone and that's, you know, that's expensive because it's between about, uh, you know, a very small office might be five or six thousand dollars, but it might be, you know, twelve or fifteen um, offices. 
$1,000 an offer. So it was, a, and that's just the external signage. So anyway, um, yeah, that was a really, it was an interesting process. Coming up after the break, we hear Pilkinson's advice regarding agents and their impact on portfolios. A good real estate agent um, can make a difference to the value of your portfolio. So you really need to, and not all property managers are created equal, you've got to, you've got to make sure. She describes the first event she held for the Real Women in Real Estate Network. The very first event was in October 2015 in Sydney and two weeks beforehand, I sent an email out to a dozen women that I knew that had a lot of women in their team and said, look, this is what I'm doing. If you think it's a good idea. She explains her philosophy on how to balance your opinion of yourself versus others. Then I realized that it was about his stuff. It wasn't about my stuff. It wasn't about what I was capable of. Um, so I think you've got to be, you've got to be really careful when you ask for feedback. And that's next. I'm Tyrone Shum and you're listening to Property Investory. Hey property investor, is your cash or equity currently earning you 1 to 2% per annum sitting in the bank? What if I said to you that you can do better? To find out more, simply register your interest to become a money partner at propertyinvestory.com. Right now, there are great opportunities in the property market and I'm looking for money partners who want to invest to get a higher return with low risk on their money for 6 months. Register your interest by visiting propertyinvestory.com. Pilkington shares some of her visions for the Lang and Simmons franchisees and reveals how much goes on behind the scenes. I think we need to provide um, better support in a lot of areas um, for the franchise owners. Um, they, it's very hard to build a rent roll from the time that you start a business um, because most of our new franchisees are salespeople and salespeople aren't detailed. Um, like in property, the property managers, like you need in the property management space. So I think that we can support them um, really effectively in the back end, um, in that kind of area. I think the area of recruitment, but not just recruitment, the onboarding and ongoing engagement of people, um, I think is really important. Um, you know, salespeople, real estate business owners, by and large, are small business people. They're really good salespeople. They don't have a lot of actual business skills. And so I think that we need to provide a lot of assistance for them to run better businesses. Um, so, yeah, there's so many opportunities. I've got literally dozens and dozens of different things that we can do. But obviously I can't do everything at once. So um, I held a strategy session with my 15 business owners Um a week ago and um, and we're all on the same page which is really super exciting so I'm just writing my business plan now and that I'll deliver to the board uh, at the beginning of next month and um, yeah, away we go. With so many property investors that may want to sell and who would want to work with an agency like Lang & Simmons, how can they benefit from that? Because a good real estate agent um, can make a difference to the value of your portfolio so you really need to and not all property managers are created equal. You've got, to, you've got to make sure, you know, one of the problems with property management is there's a lot of turnover of staff. 
Um, so you want to try and find um, find somebody who's got a really established um, established career in property management. Ideally, if they're a business owner or a part business owner, means they're not going to go anywhere typically. Um, but you know, if you've got somebody who you know, sit down with them and and talk about what your overall goals are, and it might be that the property that you've got right now, you might be better off selling it. Um, and investing in two properties somewhere else, for example. You need to take in the overall, the, the yield and the capital growth um, of your particular property in the area where you are. Um, you need to think about the maintenance requirements and you've got to make sure that if your agent is advising you on maintenance that you actually do it. We have some um, landlords who, who want to set and forget. Um, they don't want to spend any money on maintaining their property and that's um, it's dangerous from a tenant's perspective. Um, it's dangerous financially for the landlords because if your if your um, if your agent says to you, okay, um, you need to make these changes. For example, the, the the back step it's a bit rickety, and you go, oh, don't worry about the back step. The tenant falls through. In fact, I've got an example right now. The tenant um, claimed four hundred and seventy thousand dollars damages from falling through a back step. Um, and um, yeah, it's uh, your insurance premiums go through the roof. Um, that's one tip for property investors. If you don't have landlord insurance, please go and get it. Yes, absolutely. It's a must. It's a must. Yeah, it is. And have a look at um, the domestic violence provisions in those insurance policies because the um, obligations on um, landlords and agents under the domestic violence provisions changed in New South Wales not that long ago. So make sure your insurance covers um, covers that. And also have a look at how it would treat you during a pandemic um, if you don't get any rent. So that was an interesting time for, uh, for all of our landlords as well. Um, so, yeah, you really need to... Um, yeah, you need to be actively looking at your portfolio and you can grow it much more effectively if you have conversations with, with your agents and get recommendations from your agent about what next. Um, and if your agent can't help you in that space, go and find a new agent. Turning to mindset, Pilkington shares if she had any mentors who coached her along the way. My very first business mentor is now the chairman of, um, of Lang & Simmons. So that's, um, yeah, I keep my people close. Um, but from a mindset, you know, in, interestingly, I, I mentioned that I started the Real Women in Real Estate Network and I started that because I was nagged to death about it from a, girl, a couple of girls that worked for me. Um, because I've been around for so long, I've got so many connections. They're like, like, we want you to share those connections. And so the very first event was in October 2015 in Sydney. And two weeks beforehand, I sent an email out to a dozen women that I knew that had a lot of women in their team and said, look, this is what I'm doing. If you think it's a good idea, you know, 65 people turned up to the first event. The first event was a sellout. And I was still standing there going, I don't get it. I don't understand what the, well, I don't understand. Why? What do people want? So, but I could see that there was a need. And so we sort of quickly went from, you know, one event in Sydney to literally we've done events in um, everywhere except for Tasmania. That's the only state we haven't done an event. Um, and even New Zealand and Los Angeles, would you believe? And I didn't expect, yeah, I did. Yeah, we've got over 2,000 members. Um, and I, I didn't. I didn't think that I needed it. I, I really didn't think that I needed it. But what I've found is that, the, that there's a core group of these women that have become really close friends and 
their incredible women, their coaches or their um, trainers or their business owners. Um, they're very skilled, caring, intelligent women. And they are my go-to girls now. Um, if, I, if I've got a really big decision that I'm, I'm, I'm struggling with, usually I'm a bit um, closed. I'm, I'm pretty comfortable with my own decision-making typically. But if I've got something that I'm really struggling with, um, depending on what it is, there's a few of them that I will reach out to depending on what the, the problem is just to get another, another perspective. Um, but I'm also naturally optimistic. And whilst I do get down in the dumps um, from time to time, I know that it won't, it, it won't last long because I won't let it last long. I just, I, 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 I say to people that I give myself an uppercut, like, you know, get on with it, girl, get on with it. Um, and, um, yeah, I just, I, I'm, I'm able to pull myself out of, um, out of the funks that I, I, and I get into them, um, even, you know, this whole lead up to buying the business. Um, I spoke to, um, a business mentor who I really, um, I really care about and value. And he thought it was a terrible idea for me to get into, involved in the business. And, I felt really helpless after speaking to him. I was really, I went into a depression uh, for for um, a week or so. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know where to go to next. I didn't know, just didn't know what to do. And then I realised that it was about his stuff. It wasn't about my stuff. It wasn't about what I was capable of. Um, so I think you've got to be, you've got to be really careful when you ask for feedback. Firstly, if you don't value the person, don't value the feedback. Um, you know, if you wouldn't ask them for advice, don't take their negativity. Um, but even when you do ask for feedback, take it on board, think about it, and then choose. Does it fit or doesn't? You know, because nobody really knows what's going on in your head. Nobody really knows what you're capable of. Um, sometimes you don't even know what you're capable of until you have a crack. Um, so, yeah, I just do, do things that fill your cup so you know for me I need to exercise I need to go to the gym I need to um you know do that sort of stuff and um and and maybe go for a massage and uh yeah yeah and I just managed to pull myself out of it I don't know I wish I could be more prescriptive about how I do it but I do it I do it often don't eat junk keep look after your diet all that stuff but yeah people um uh, particularly women I I um I've won a number of awards recently, um, you know, most influential woman in property, um, uh, thought leader awards and all of that sort of stuff. And so people make the mistake of looking at me and, and I, I speak on stage quite regularly now and I'm comfortable doing it. Um, I wasn't always, but I am now. And people make the mistake of, of looking at me and thinking, oh, well, you know, Leanne wouldn't have those negative voices in her head or Leanne wouldn't second guess herself or, you know, Leanne wouldn't feel like an imposter and, you know, um, excuse my language, but bullshit, you know, Leanne feels all of those things. And so don't look at anybody and think that they don't have things that they that scare them or things that they need to work on um, or things that intimidate them. You know, we all do. We all do. Wow. That is very, very inspiring. And I think a lot of people and a lot of listeners will be able to take that away and go, wow, you know, if Leanne can do it, I can do it too. Hashtag if she can, I can too. That was uh, that was my hashtag when I um, 
that I used when I first became president of the Real Estate Institute because I'm only the second female president in 115 years and I'm the first president they've ever asked to stay for a second term. Um, so that was, like, you know, yeah, that was my, my hashtag in the early days. If she can, I can too. Because it's so true, right? She delves into her favorite books on entrepreneurship and mindset and makes some great recommendations for the next time you find yourself in Vegas. I love um, Delivering Happiness by Tony Shea, the late Tony Shea. How tragic was that? Oh, wow. I was lucky enough to go and visit Zappos when I was in Vegas a couple of years ago. Um, so that was an incredible experience. And I would suggest anybody who's interested in customer service, grab that book, Delivering Happiness. Um, and if you ever get to Vegas, reach out to the team at Zappos because they do organise tours and it's definitely um, it's definitely worthwhile. So that would be my all-time, um, that would probably be my all-time favourite. Um, and um, oh, Carol Dweck's book on um, fixed mindsets and open um, and growth mindsets, um, that's a really, really good one as well. If you um, make sure you realise why some people are like for me i've got a a um, a growth mindset but other people look at um look at why not and why they can't do something whereas i look at how i can um so that yeah that's a really good one as well if she met herself 10 years ago what would pilkington say to herself you have no idea how much you're capable of yeah absolutely i never saw myself here i never saw myself here i never saw myself as a leader i never saw myself um you know, winning awards like I've been winning. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, you know, go for it. You're capable of so much more than you believe. Heading in the other direction, where does she see herself in five years from now? I have got a brand that's growing. Um, I've got a shareholder base that is also growing and happy and engaged. Um, I have multiple revenue streams for the business. Um, and I have a lot of happy people around me. Last question for you, Leanne, is how much of your success is due to your skill, hard work and intelligence and how much of it is because of luck? Well, the harder I work, the luckier I get, right? Um, And certainly, um, I do believe that there is an element of luck um, for everybody, Um, but my success is down to taking opportunities when they're presented to me. So instead of saying, when I was a, if I go back to when I was a recruiter, I was only there for maybe a month or two and the, the manager of that operation left and I was approached and said, would you like to be the manager? And I'm like, Jesus, I've just been here for five minutes. I don't even know the job. No, I can't do that. Um. And I, that was a mistake. I should have actually said, yeah, let's do it. And so moving forward in my career, that's what I've always done. I've gone, yeah, I'm going to have a crack, even though I don't know that I can do it. And, in, in, you know, I just I don't even know how I'm going to do it. But you say yes and you work it out. And that's the thing. It sounds like the people who actually offered you those positions had confidence in you. So if they have confidence in you, then, you know, you, you're just going to be able to action it because... You'll figure it out. Yeah, that is, um, that's such an important point, right? If the people around you, if you value the people around you and you think that they're smart business people and they're saying to you, we want you to be the general manager or we want you to be the president, it's like if they can see it, a lot of people do see more in you than you see in yourself. 
Um, so yeah, believe them and have a crack. Thank you to Leanne Pilkington, our guest on this episode of Property Investory. And if you love the show and are ready to get serious about investing your money to get a low risk, high return, then SMS me your name and email address on 0499881040 to become a money partner. Right now, there are great opportunities in the property market and I'm looking for money partners who want to invest their money for a short six months. To register your interest, Text me your name and email address on 0499881040. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tapiphone.